This is 4th and 1, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, either on Spotify or Anchor FM. I am Micaiah, that is Simeon. Hello, hello. And we are coming to you from Lidditz, Pennsylvania, the number one uh, coolest town in America in 2013, ranked by Budget Traveler Magazine. So random, I love it. So random. Uh, it is December 9th. It, we had a little bit of snow here this morning, but it is all gone. We great, are... Great weather report Thank there. you. Thank you. It has now all since melted, and but it's still cold. Cold as the mother's bosom in February. Okay, sure. Uh, we are recapping uh, college football and the NFL over the weekend, and then we're going to preview some championship games that will be happening in two weekends from now. Plus, we'll give you an update on what's going on with Michigan and Ohio State there. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll start at the top. Uh, basically, we'll start with the first game of the day that happened on Saturday, which was Texas A&M Auburn. Currently, Texas A&M is ranked fifth. The new rankings came out last night. So Texas A&M is ranked fifth behind Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Those are in order. That is not my rankings. My rankings would be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson. Then I would have Texas A&M, then Florida, and then Ohio State. But we'll get into that in just a second. But I want to talk about Texas A&M. So in watching the game, I hadn't watched a whole lot of Texas A&M. I had really only watched the Florida and Texas A&M game from like week two or three. What I really loved about Texas A&M was their defense. They're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're physical, and their offensive line. They got five seniors on that offensive line. They're, t- they're one of the top rushing teams in the country. Their running back leads the F. BS in yards per game so they're able to run the ball really well and they're able to do ball control play great defense and really just wear teams out and that's what they did that's what they did against Auburn it was close and then as the game went into the second half uh, Texas A&M just wore them out what I do not like however about A&M is the fact that Kellen Mon and their wide receivers, for whatever reason, are they just don't make an explosive enough plays. Auburn plays what is called a single high coverage, which means you have one safety basically in the middle of the field, kind of roaming around, and then you're pretty much man your corners are pretty much man to man on everyone else. Your and your linebackers can kind of do either zone or man, kind of you know there are different coverages. You go from there. Texas A&M waited until the five-minute mark of the game on Saturday against Auburn to take advantage of that. So when you play single high, you're basically going want to—you can pretty much take a deep shot whenever you want, as long as your wide receivers are more talented and faster, more explosive than their corners, and. Auburn has always had a pretty good defense, especially for the SEC. And I just, there was, again, 
Texas A&M waited until the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter to take advantage of that. So either their wide receivers were not winning or the play calling or they didn't have trust in Kellen Mon and the wide receivers to make a play down the field. Either way, come playoff time, no matter who you play, whether that be Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame, pretty much as of right now, the three locks to get into the college football playoff as of this moment, you have to make explosive plays down the field, and that's why Florida is the better team. Now, now you might ask me why. Well, why do you have AM ranked ahead of Florida? Well, Florida is going to get its shot to be in the college football playoff, okay? If Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game in two weeks, they are in. No matter what else happens, I believe. But again, we'll get into that in a second. Texas A&M beat Florida earlier, so they deserve to be ahead of Florida. They do play Tennessee that last week in two weeks now. They do play, so they will have, unlike normal years where the uh, championship weekend is really just the championship games of all the conferences and no other teams play, these teams, the teams will actually, some teams actually will play that week. So. A&M has a, will have a chance to prove me wrong. However, I just think Florida is more explosive and they have a better shot. Their offense, especially pushing the ball down the field uh, to uh, Michael Pitts and Kyle Trask, that uh, dynamic duo for Florida. Correct. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to give you a correction that Kyle Trask is the QB. For people listening, not for you. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. know that. Yeah, so Pitts so you're is... Say, you're Pitt- saying if... We take Ohio State out of the college football. You would put Florida over Texas A&M. You think that would be, be a better game? You think those would be better games? Do so you think Florida would be better suited? Yes, I I think for long term of the game. Now I'm not saying that. So A&M got routed by Alabama. So my my problem is is that I hate seeing repeat movies. Like I like no one likes to watch a movie twice within a week and a half. Most people, I would say, right? So. Right. We just saw Texas A&M and Alabama play a month ago, and Alabama just leveled Texas A&M. Now, Florida's going to get a shot, and I think if Florida wins, then, then you have... I, I mean, they're clearly the obvious choice there. I think you have to, they have to jump A&M to be able to go into the college football playoff. Okay. My problem... So let's just, and let's get to Ohio State here. So Ohio State, the ruling was when the Big Ten started its season, when the Big Ten bailed and then came back on their season, the Big Ten made a ruling, you have to play six games in order to make the conference championship game. Ohio State is currently at five. Their game this week with Michigan is canceled. Whether... I'm sure Michigan did, in fact, have a rise in cases, as they're saying, and contact tracing. However, whether they could have fielded a team if they were undefeated, I don't know. Or whether they're just saying that this is a lost season, so we're just going to take this opportunity not to get our butts kicked by Ohio State for a fourth straight year. I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Now, the big... the 
Big Ten presidents met today, and they are expected to make a rule change that say you don't have to play six games to make the conference championship game, which then would allow Ohio State not to play this this week and still, with only playing five games, make the conference championship game against Northwestern next week and then have a shot to win and get into the college football playoff. My thing is, with Ohio State, and let me know what you think, I, I'm going to have a hard time putting a, a team that only played six games at this point, Ohio State will, next week will have only played six games, only played six games. I have a hard time putting them at four because they've only played six games. And meanwhile, Florida and Texas A&M have both played like nine or ten games. Yeah, A&M played, uh, played eight and Florida has played nine. They're both seven. This, they're, they're both probably going to be eight-win teams come week, come, come playoff week, uh, playoff week being, sorry, come bowl, uh, championship week, conference so, championship so week. So, right, n- next week. Right. We both, well, a- a- well, A&M will be week 16 if you're on a- ESPN. A&M isn't playing this week. I believe Florida might be playing this week. I think you are correct. A&M, their game got postponed. Right, right? their I'm game just, got co- postponed. So here. now A&M will play Tennessee conference championship weekend, which doing? is something new. So the voters, or not the voters, but the, well, yeah, the committee. Florida's playing LSU this, this weekend. weekend. Okay. They're the 7 p.m. game on ESPN. Okay. So the committee will be able to see Texas A&M ne- next week against Tennessee and see how that stacks up and see how they kind of stack up. But really, the all eyes will be on the SEC championship game. But again, I, I think for whatever reason, they – and they seem to also think that – the committee, that is, seems to think that Ohio State is a lot better when, than what they are. And I just – the sample size isn't big enough for – for that to be proven. Also, the Big Ten is extremely bad this year. And Ohio State's secondary is not very good. I, this is what I was saying, like you said, at the beginning of the um, beginning of the show, was both now, especially the Big Ten, and the, and the po- college playoff committee, have a hard on is what I said. Sorry for the graphics for Ohio State, and I just don't think any team in the Big Ten should be in the college. Sorry, Indiana, you probably had the best season out of everybody. Even Northwestern had a pretty good season, but it just doesn't. It it, it will be like them putting uh, Colorado in at number four. You know, an well, undefeated Pac-12 team. Well, what I don't understand is you could still set it up for Ohio State to get in if you put them at, if you put them at six. So if you put them at, so say you put A&M at four, right, right. and you put Florida at five and them at six. You'd want to, you'd want to put Florida, yeah, but anyway, we're Whatever. not getting into that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you say at worst you do my rankings and you put them at six, you still have it set up. To where if Florida loses, which I think right now betting money is they will lose against Alabama to, uh, in the SEC championship game. Yeah. 
and Ohio State wins their conference championship game, and A&M goes out there and looks lackluster against Tennessee, that yeah, you then then you have it set up where so they would automatically go to five because Florida lost, and now it's a debate between Ohio State and A&M, and A&M has one loss to Alabama, the number one team. Well, you don't want to see a repeat of that. Everyone much rather see a Ohio State-Alabama, so just put them at four. I, I think that they're doing themselves a disservice because when it comes time to for the final rankings, again, two Saturdays from now, if Ohio State is 6-0 and right, and sitting there at 4 with a conference championship, but Florida beat Alabama and they were at 6 and A&M's there at 5, how can you justify taking Ohio State, a, a Big Ten winner, right. championship winner, and dropping them to either 5 or 6 and putting either A&M or Florida in at that number 4 spot? And that's, kind of, and that's assuming kind of what, they win. This is kind of what they did with the first year with this when yeah. they when they left out TC when they had TCU going into the final week at number four. Yeah, and then they dropped them two spots, but they didn't even play. Yeah, I um, uh, you're not the only person saying this either. I, I saw an ESPN Plus article by Heather something who's saying that Ohio State's going to be the committee's toughest test yet. Um, but no, I 100% agree with you. It's just one of those stupid things that. You look and you see just how stupid. Like you have, you have an eight and zero Cincinnati team. Freaking, you have a ten and zero Coastal Carolina team. I don't like. We can talk about them later. You have an eight and one Miami team. Like, there's so many other better. Even an eight and two Iowa State team. I would take over a six and like I would take a two loss Iowa State team. Well, well, you bring up a good point. Who wins the Who wins the Big Twelve championship? Right, right. You bring up a good point because both those teams, both Iowa State and Oklahoma, the which is the Big Twelve, and we'll get into the, a preview in just a minute. I I both think that. Both those teams are more deserving over, oh, over a Big Ten team. I and I it goes back to your point. The, I don't think any team from the Big Ten should be included in the playoff this year. Yeah, they they what and to that and to that point, a Pac-12 team. Correct. I I just think that they they just sorry Colorado. They 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 butchered it starting late, and then the play of both conferences. The Pac-12 play has actually been better than the Big Ten play. The Big Ten play has been atrocious. Yeah. And it hasn't looked good. It hasn't looked good. Ohio State has looked the best, but it's kind of like Ohio State is the gold trash bag out of all the out of all the other black trash bags. Like it's bad when when no. And kudos to Indiana again, and even Ohio State with how they've been able to do. But it's not like they've looked the best. But the SEC, ACC, and even Big and Big Twelve have looked better. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like they were. it's bad when group of six conferences are looking better. Some group of oh, six yeah, conferences, I, the, I mean, teams, the, I mean, and games look better. The, the AAC and the Sun Belt, I head to toe, both those conferences are better than the Big Ten. Minus the Appalachian State, Louisiana game. Did you see the, sorry, not to bring this up, total side note. Did you see how that game ended? I saw, I heard, I saw the... Uh, alert that it was on a blocked field goal. Yeah, so shout out to John Boy Media. He has this really interesting breakdown. They ended up taking an intentional safety because their long snapper kept shoving it over people's heads. 
So instead of <laughs> sending it out to punt, okay, there's like a minute 30 left. Yeah. This is this is uh, Louisiana. This isn't Appalachia State. They're playing uh-huh. Appalachian State, conference champions the past two years. Yeah. Their long snapper four times in the game uh-huh. shot it over the head of the punter and then the the snapper of and, a field goal and the the yeah, yeah. and the snapper mm-hmm. and the catcher of the field goal. So basically, the punter every time, and just absolutely ridiculous. So they take an intentional safety and gives Appalachian State. Uh, they. Kind of flipped the field, but not really. So they were at the 40. They are at their own 40 with, like, a minute left. And then ended up getting a field goal. And they got lucky by, like, I think a hand got on it. Like a blocked field goal or, like, just a pulled field goal. Well, I, I mean, Auburn made the national championship game. When was that? 2013? Off by of getting six. By, well, they got, like, two a week prior, they had the um, Hail, the Hail Mary that beat Georgia. True. Yes. <laughs> they blew a 21 point. They made it all the way to the national championship game and almost won if it wasn't for Jameis Winston and um, oh, what, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. I forgot about Kelvin uh, Benjamin. In the waning seconds to win that game. Yeah, everyone's forgotten about Ke- Kelvin Benjamin. So, so, I, I, so we're on the same page with, uh, with, with, Ohio, with Ohio State and the Big Ten not, not being able to... Or not worthy enough to get in. What I will say about Michigan, just real quick, is I totally believe if they come out and they say that they're doing this for the safety of their kids, whatever. Do I believe that if they were undefeated... He's out of the league. Yeah, I, Benjamin I, is. I, I figured. Do I believe that if the... If Michigan was undefeated, would they try to field a team this week to play Ohio State? Absolutely, I 100%. do. I, I, I think it is. But you're two and five or whatever you are, and you're going to get your butt kicked. You opened as a 29-point underdog. Your coach might get fired at this point. They I have a question about that then. They might get fired at this point. He might leave to go to the NFL. There might be a mutual party in ways. Or he might be back, and then you'll have to refigure that situation out. So I, I do kind of believe that Michigan not intentionally is saying we're not playing, but they they are doing the right thing if there was an outbreak, which I'm sure that there was, but they're not trying overly hard to play this weekend, is I truly believe. And oh, yeah. And it's a smart move. So what's your question? So uh this is on Harbaugh. Assuming he leaves. Okay, and okay. I saw an article that eight the AD will talk to Harbaugh quote after the season is right, over. Right. So, so I just want to catch everyone up. The problem is you can't let a co- a coach, a college coach, go into his final year of his contract without having a contract extension, because then that hurts your program going forward, and you can't get the recruits. Go ahead. Um, I was thinking about this in the shower today. Shower thoughts with Simeon. Yikes. You think he's going to go to Detroit, which would be an okay fit. I mean, I but mean, Detroit has Matthew Stafford, and the Texans have Deshaun Watson, and we know what Harbaugh can do with a really good quarterback. So, what do you think's more attractive, the Carbaugh, Carbaugh, <laughs> Harbaugh? Do you think it's the Texans' job, bigger state, it's Houston, right, right? Or do you think it's the Detroit job? I, I think it's the Detroit job because the Lions, talent-wise. 
I I think that there are more balanced and well-rounded. The problem with the the Lions have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. Oh man, excuse me. They have a good offensive line and they have de- and they have decent weapons. The problem if you make your way down to Houston is your offensive line has been trash forever. So is that just coaching? And if it is, well then Harbaugh is kind of the perfect guy, but then also your defense is getting a little older. So Stafford is the more pro-style quarterback that Harbaugh likes, although you can go watch stuff out there that he throws just as well as he, he's not as explosive and athletic right, right. as uh, Patrick Mahomes, but some of the throws that he can make are just ridiculous. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know. It, it makes sense to me if the Lions would go out and get him because it's a guy he's in state. He kind of, I'm sure he grew up watching playing for Michigan, uh, right there near Detroit, uh, being from Michigan and everything. I think that they he would have a good sense of what the Lions organization is about. Not saying that he can't go down to Houston. Uh, if I was a coach, I'd probably pick Deshaun Watson in Houston. But, I, I mean, he's kind of right there for the taking. So, I don't know. I still think Detroit's the better option for him. Okay. Uh, m- most definitely. So, let's preview, though. Let's preview some championship games. Oh, well, actually, before we preview, I'm going to talk about BYU. Oh, the BYU Coast Carolina game. Coast Carolina. Good, good football game. Great football. Not messy football game. Good football game. Yeah. Besides number ninety four on Coast Carolina, he was a little bit too into it. That yeah, he was a little bit too hyped for that. And I'm sure his coach made him run laps for that. Well, they should have threw. They should have probably. He should have been thrown out. He should have been thrown out. Yeah. So BYU. So Coastal Carolina played BYU. Both games got. BYU was idled. Coastal Carolina was supposed to play Liberty. Liberty had an outbreak, so they're out. So BYU said, on three days' notice, said, we'll take the game, flew cross-country to Coastal Carolina, and they played at 5 p.m. And they really showcased both BYU, who was undefeated at the time, and Coastal Carolina, who is currently undefeated. And you know where this is going. Who has a pretty good hand hand gesture by the way yes they do have a pretty good hand gesture uh they play on a teal green field that unique yep unique it's uh they got a unique name the chanticleers yeah which is how you pronounce it so they they flew cross country it is simeon's coach to play byu flew cross country to take on simeon's pick for michigan's replacement of jim harbaugh uh no, that was Louisiana. Oh, Sorry, okay. we had this discussion. We'll talk about it more. Okay, continue on. Okay, so but anyway, it was a great game. BYU kind of looked down and out. They really were. Um, everyone was talking going into the game. BYU was more physical offensive line and defensive line. Well, that was not the case. Coastal Carolina really pushed them around both on the offensive line and the defensive line. Zach Wilson, who's probably going to be a number one overall pick really didn't get anything going downfield really and kind of Coastal Carolina's defense was we'll give you the underneath stuff you're just going to have to work it all the way down the field and BYU really wasn't able to do that the final drive it came down to uh, a BYU they threw a 15 yard slant and then they they purposely threw it five yards short 
to try to get blocking for their receiver to run into the end zone, and he would stopped one yard short. So Coastal Carolina hangs on. They are now the 13th ranked team in the nation. They are the second group of five team, the second the second high most highly ranked group of five team. The other one being Cincinnati. Why that is significant is the for the highest group of five conference champion gets to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, okay? Cincinnati still has aspirations of going to the college football playoff. I, With how the rankings are right now, I do not believe that that is happening. It would take something catastrophic happening, uh, and that totally could happen, but, you know, uh, we'll deal with that chaos when, when if, and when that happens. Coastal Carolina still kind of has that hopes, although they'll probably won't make it. But it, it'll be an interesting race for the New Year Six. They'll get a New Year Six bowl bowl game, and none of those well, have been may, canceled. May, maybe assuming they win, they have to play. They have to play. Well, well Cincinnati has to lose. Cincinnati gets that spot ahead of them. Oh, interesting. Well, C- actually, that'd be a really fun bowl game. I'm not gonna lie. If you put UC, CCU versus Cincinnati, I would I would watch that bowl game. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how that's gonna it, go they're not gonna do it they're yeah. giving a new year six bowl right. they'll probably play AM of florida whoever right. doesn't get in so there. so coastal carolina won yep. i was very impressed with coastal carolina uh their toughness they kind of played that underdog role very well they played they every snap they played like it was the last play of the game and mm-hmm. and you know they took care of the ball well their quarterback actually didn't take care of the ball nope. as well as he was true freshman but Coastal Carolina, really, if you watch that game, dominated that game for a majority of Mullets the game. versus Mormons, yep. Yep, absolutely. However, I was more, I think it spoke more to BYU not being challenged all year. And when it came time when they were challenged, especially late in the game against Coastal Carolina, when the game was close and things weren't going your way, the composure, you could really tell that the composure of BYU that you only gain from being in close games all during the year and winning some of those and and possibly losing some of those, they did not have. No. And that is a big part to football. That is why... Like, if you watch college game day, when Clemson, Alabama, you know, Notre Dame, take your pick, when they're not in close games all year, like, like say it's the first five weeks, and they're blown in a normal year, they, they're blowing out two cupcakes, and then, and then they get an easy portion of the ACC, and they just run through, I'm, I'm using Clemson here, and they run through those, and they're winning both those games by 25, 30 points. And then about week eight or so, you get this team say they play in Notre Dame, and you're like, well, we don't know how they're going to react if the game is close late. Right. That's the biggest question mark. And that was my biggest question mark with BYU. Well, what happens if they do, if the committee does put BYU in the playoff, but they haven't been in a close game yet? What is it going to look like when they go up to Alabama and come eight minutes left in the third quarter, they're down 24-21. And Alabama has the ball, and they need a stop because Alabama's just scored 14 straight points to, you know, and they have all the momentum. How are they going to respond? Well, we got our answer. BYU did not respond well. And I think if this was an earlier game in the season and they had lost this game, it's a growing game for them, and they'd be able to 
use that and learn from it and then grow and be able then when this game come a game like this comes back around they'd be able to win this type of game but they're not going to get that chance until maybe bowl season so yeah i mean if you look at our so the first three games uh for the byu cougars they put up 148 points um that's through week four because their army game was postponed Mm -hmm. um their opponents put up exactly 20, 24. Right. They had the their, best point differential in the FBS. Well, their closest game was against University of Texas San Antonio, which the final score was 27 to 20. Isn't and not UTEP. Uh, the Roadrunners. No. No, 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 San Antonio. No, that's I, UTEP, yeah. The Roadrunners, who are currently 3-2, and two, which actually is kind of surprising how well they, they played against BYU then. Um but everything else, there was not a single close game up until up until the Chanticleers. Right. Um, their last game that they played was against University of no the North Alabama Lions, which was a sixty-six to fourteen blowout for BYU. Right. right. So, if you're a fan of any football team, really, if your team is just blowing out teams and they haven't played a close game, and you come to me and you say, oh, they got this. They're going to blow it out. I I know this team. I know this team. They're mentally tough. No, they're not. You don't don't know. They could be. Yeah. You don't know whether or not your team, as a fan, you can know what they're good at offensively, defensively, special teams. You can know how their quarterback plays, but you don't know how their quarterback's going to play in close games. You don't know how their offense is going to perform in close games. You don't know how the defense is going to perform when they're when they got to make a stop on third and two at their at their own 40-yard line. Like you, so the best ju- way to judge a team is in close games. And do they have the ability to grow and learn? And even if they lose, then going forward, do they have the ability to grow and learn and not make the same mistakes? For BYU, we don't know, and we won't know until bowl season, unless if they have more games on the schedule, which I believe they don't. So that was BYU's inability. Uh, BYU does play San Diego State this week. Okay, so, I mean, I don't think that'll be a particularly close game, but... But we'll see, and we'll see if BYU has the ability to grow. Now, the committee here is laughing in our faces because of where they had BYU ranked. This whole they had them ranked 14, and then everyone was saying you should have put BYU in the top 10. I'm one of those people. I still believe that an undefeated team with their point differential and who their schedule was should have been in the top 10. There's no reason that a six and two Georgia team right should right. be in the top 10. Exactly. So the How committee is the six and two Georgia team still in the top ten. We we won't get on their love for the SEC. So BYU, I guess the committee was right. However, I will say that we you really didn't know much about the mentality of this BYU football team until un, un, until Saturday. So. With those games behind us, we are going to do our first ever previews. We got some good ones coming up. So we this week we're going to do we're going to preview the Big 
12 championship game and the ACC championship game. The next week we will preview the Big Ten championship game and the SEC championship game. Let me pull up. So here. first and foremost, this is sorry week 16. Well, I so I do want to put everyone's bug in the air. So we are going to do a live what what do you call it's it? It's like I would say live to tape. We're going to be doing live reactions to the championship games. We we did this uh with NFL Red Zone, the first podcast that we ever did that we didn't produce. Um we would love to do a live stream with us our our current reactions even like a picture in picture maybe, but we just don't feel like anybody would right. join us. So we're going to do a live to tape and then post that Saturday evening. Um so whether we do one this Saturday, we don't know. We could do a run-through, but there are no championship games. There this are no champions. It's week 16, which are the championship so games. So it, it will probably be next week. So please hit me up. I'm at ICU Wolverine. Uh, I just redownloaded Instagram today because i got to do some tattoo stuff. So yep. SS underscore Menno. Hit me up there. Yep. And I'm at ICU Wolverine, as I said, hit one of us up if that sounds like something you guys are interested in, uh, either the live stream or the or even this um, live reaction. We'd love to have you on, bring take. you in, have you call call in yep. and get your talk to you a little bit, have some fun with you guys. That's fine. Um, I have been told I am a fun guy to watch football with. He's uh, a joy. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think about that Pure idea. Pleasure your pleasure get out of here so let us know what you think about that idea and hit us up terrifically tantalizing are you done uh, yeah i'm done okay i could keep going but also I'm hit done. us up about anything else about the podcast uh topics you want us to cover uh games you want us to preview things like that yeah. uh yeah, yeah just we'd love to hear from you guys let us know uh let us know that you're out there yeah. so anyway the big 12 championship game it is one University of Oklahoma. And in the other corner, it is Iowa State University. For the first time ever, it is Iowa State University oh, in really? one corner. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And in the other corner, we have the defending champion and team that will be here many more times, I'm quite sure. Yeah. Uh, the University of Oklahoma. So. Deep in the heart. Oh, wait. Wrong state. Um, wrong state. So first and foremost, I want to say Iowa State won the Big 12 regular season title. Okay, this is the championship game, though. I will get, I will, do not have time to get into the backstory of why the Big 12 added this championship game. However, I, in earlier podcasts, was down on Oklahoma, and I said the problem with Oklahoma is they're not running the football. Their defense sucks. Still, and Spencer Rattler is not the mature QB that Lincoln Riley is used to playing with. As the season progressed and in previous podcasts, I think I believe that I have mentioned Oklahoma. Oklahoma started running the football, playing much better defense, still not great, but much better tops in their conference defense. And Spencer Rattler stopped turning the ball over. And look at that. Their offense started humming. They killed Oklahoma State. They kind of, they've been running through. They play West Virginia this week and then uh, Iowa State next week. In the other corner, Iowa State. We kind of t- I talked about them last week. Matt Campbell, he would be my choice to take over in the Michigan program. Well, 
my choice is actually Hugh Freeze, but outside of Hugh Freeze, my choice is Matt Campbell. Iowa, what Iowa State does well is Iowa State has the leading rusher in total yards at running back, Brees Hall. He's a Heisman contender. They have a quarterback who doesn't really turn the ball over and likes to push the ball down the field and can use his legs a little bit, Brock Purdy. They do not beat themselves with penalties or stupid mistakes. And they play great and they play solid defense. They're very, Iowa State is the very definition of a complimentary football team. All the units, special teams, offense, defense, complement each other very well. They normally win the time of possession because they like to run the ball a lot. They're able to put, do play action, take deep shots down the field. Their defense is very stout. So this is really. And they've it, also they've also g- had close games. And, and they have and they're, they ha- they're poised. Right, right. They're they're kind of used to they're kind of used to being in close games. Now you can say, well, they haven't blown anyone out. And That's not true. They blew out Kansas State forty five zero. They pitched a shutout. Okay, this past week. Besides that, who did they blow out anyone? No, not this past week. That was in November. Kansas State. Kansas State. When Iowa State blew out. Kansas oh, State. and they blew out West Virginia. And they blew out West Virginia. Um, they kind of blew out Kansas. Okay, well, don't count Kansas. And uh, kind of Texas Tech, 35, 31-15. I don't know if you count that. Mm, I think that game was a pull away late. Okay. Yeah. So, so Iowa State, they're not flashy. Yeah. They, but, but they're solid. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, they're, you, you're looking at the ticker at the bottom of the screen watching the other game. Oh, it's 14-14. And then you look down and five minutes later, oh, it's 28-14 because they got a score, got a stop, and then got a score again. And right. They just kind of always are, they're hanging around always. The one thing to this game, and I think who wins this game is who does this better. Who runs the ball better? Who is yeah. able to run the ball better? Is it Oklahoma, who has Ramon Stevenson back in the backfield, who's averaging six yards a carry? Or is it Brees Hall? Like I said, he leads the nation in rushing, and he's a Heisman uh, contender here. Won't win it. Kyle Trask will win it. But he's a Heisman. He'll probably make it to New York, I'm guessing. Or they're doing virtual New York. So he'll make it to the virtual whatever. So that really is what this game comes down to. Who's going to be able to run the ball better? If I had to put my money on it, I'm going to say Oklahoma's going to be able to, and I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make picks of all the championship games in next week's episode. But if I had to put money on it, I would say Lincoln Riley has been here, done this. This Oklahoma team has been here, done this four straight years now. You want to think you can roll with them. So... Who's able to run the ball better and who's able to, what defense is able to force turnovers and vice versa, what quarterback turns the ball over less? So I have more, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? More confidence, that's the word I'm looking for, nice. that Oklahoma's going to run the ball better. I have more confidence that the Iowa State defense is going to uh, be better more stout and force more turnovers. But I also 
have more confidence that Spencer Rattler is going to turn over turn the ball over less. Brock Purdy in big games tends to turn the ball over interesting a little bit. Okay. A note for our, for all of our listeners, all two of our listeners. Four, four, okay. They did play earlier this year. It was a close game. It was a seven-point game, and the really the only reason Oklahoma lost the game is because Spencer Rattler turned the ball over three times. Now, Spencer Rattler has not turned the ball over that many times in a game since that game. He's, like I said, he's much improved. So, this is going to be a close, tight game. Can Spencer Rattler not make the same mistakes he did in the first game? I think the answer is yes. But... That defense is still more stout. I still have more belief in it than the Oklahoma defense. And I still have belief that between the two defenses, if one of them is going to turn the ball over, get the quarterback to turn the ball over, it's going to be the the Iowa State defense because Spencer Rattler is so young yet. Thoughts? No, I think that's uh, it's one of those games that I'm just, I mean, I don't think about, about it from the player perspective. I'll just think about it kind of from the, I don't know the entertainment perspective. I'm I'm just excited that that's a good game. It's a twelve o'clock game. Um, you're in AT and T Stadium, which means you're in Texas, which means there's gonna be some fans there. Yep. It's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good matchup again. You like you said, thirty-seven thirty was the final was the final game week three of the season for them. Yep. Um, very early. Very early. So Spencer it, Rattler was a the this Oklahoma team is completely different than the team that's gonna. Sh- than the team I, that was in week I three. think, uh, let me look at here. I mean, bo- I mean, both teams are, but Iowa State is the closest product of the same team. Yeah, I want to look at the game here. So, uh, it's currently favored. The matchup predictor currently favors OU. Yep. Um, the betting, there is no betting currently. Not yet. It'll come it. out Sunday. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm taking... I th- I think I'm gonna take Iowa State. I just well, think they're more let, hungry. Let's for not it. Do, let's do predictions next week. I mean, we can do soft predictions this week. I mean, that's just uh, that's more what I'm saying. That's right. like I'm predicting it from my perspective of just like, hey, like, right. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. That's the breakdown I'm giving you. Um. So yeah, sorry. No, n- no, that that's all good. So I, the Big Twelve championship game is n- normally one of the more entertaining conference championship games of the weekend normally it's the big 12 and the sec and then the other the other two the big 10 and the acc normally are blowouts however not the case this year man i do not believe that's the case i believe that the blowouts will i think that there'll be three good games and one bad game and the one bad game will be the big 10 championship game which we'll get into next week however let's preview the acc championship game which is already set as simeon just uh, aforementioned there, it is Clemson and Notre Dame. They played a month ago. Oh, well, let me look here. I think beginning that's of right. November. Beginning of November. So they already second overtime. So they played a two overtime game in South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame. Clemson did not have three of its top four defensive players, that's and right. they did not have Trevor Lawrence. At quarterback oh, it's because be of COVID and or injuries. Yep. Not everyone there was um, COVID that I mentioned. Everyone at this point should be back and ready to go. However, a lot can happen in two weeks, but 
Let's just assume. But they're not. No one's playing. I don't think they're playing. I I don't believe either one of those two teams are playing. But that just because they're not playing doesn't mean they can't have a COVID outbreak. True. So Clemson. Notre Dame in the first matchup really ha- said what player hurt makes this team go the best without Trevor Lawrence in the game. It is their running back Travis Etienne. So they took Travis Etienne away and they made DJ the backup quarterback. Right. The other the, five-star backup quarterback. The other five-star backup quarterback. Throw the ball for 400 yards, which he did. He let him come back. But I, I thought in that game, Clemson was a little shy to let DJ, for sure. uh, a true freshman, kind of throw the ball. For sure. So now you trust your quarterback the entire game. And so if you're Notre Dame, you're going to try to take away, I would assume, Travis Etienne in the running game that hasn't been so inc- that hasn't been up to the standard of previous years. Okay? So yeah. you're going to try to take away that, and you're going to say, okay, well, now you're going to say, well, okay, Trevor Lawrence, you beat us. Well, I'm not liking those odds at all, mm-hmm. but they're better odds than letting Clemson control the ball, control the clock, and run the ball down your throat the entire game. Notre Dame, meanwhile, is going to live on what they do best. Their offensive line is, has a whole bunch of seniors on it, They're going and it's big and strong. They're going to try to run the football, and then they're going to ask Mr. Book, Ian Book, to make plays to his big tight ends and wide receivers on the outside. And he's going to ask Ian, they're going to ask Ian Book to kind of pull Johnny Manziel and kind of run around and escape sacks and, you know, do what he does and make big plays down the field. So the key to this game is can Clemson stop the Notre Dame running game? If the answer to that is yes, I believe this game becomes very simple for the Clemson defense. They were not able to do that in their first matchup. For Notre Dame, you're going to have to pick your poison. Yeah. You either stop ETN or you stop Trevor Lawrence. You can't do both. It's impossible. So my guess is they're going to probably try to stop Travis Etienne again. So the key to that matchup is can the Notre Dame secondary hold up enough in the red zone and force field goals instead of touchdowns? Interesting. Okay. If the answer to that is yes, I think Notre Dame has a real shot here. Now, I think the rankings get super interesting. If if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, do you drop Clemson out? Yeah. <laughs> because I think that's the only way that Ohio State gets in. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and if and if Florida beats Alabama, I think it it gets even better. Sorry, uh, Simeon, the producer, has to take over here. Duke is stressed out a little bit. She chases his tail. This is the dog, but he is a good boy and is cute and has corn on the cob in his mouth right now. So he's good to go. He's good to go. Okay. So that's the right now. Oh, excuse me. I burped right into that mic. Right into it. Right into it. I think uh, right now the uh, the FBI predictor would probably favor Clemson. The betting also would probably favor Clemson at this. The spread is uh, seven points right now. 
It's seven points. It is seven points. In Clemson's favor? Uh, I think. Let me just double check that again. Uh, Yeah, they're minus seven. Excellent. So that's exactly what I thought the spread would be. So I think that that and the Big 12 championship game is going to be very entertaining. I think the SEC championship games, which we will preview next week, is going to be very entertaining. I think the Big 10 championship game is going to suck. What do you think of that's fair? What do you think of the uh, Sun Belt Championship game? So, so that is also a rematch in between the Raging Cajuns. We're previewing that next week. Sorry, I didn't hear you uh, say that. We can preview it. Yeah, we might as well just. Okay. I mean, might that is the only game that does not have a. It's not getting played right now. It's a t- currently scheduled. Um, it's not a neutral. It's not a neutral site. First right. of it's, all, it's a home. Yeah. It's at home for Coastal Carolina. Um, it's at twelve, and it does not currently have a network. Um, now I'm assuming it would go on ESPN, on ESPN network because they only have it. They only have ABC. That's the big 12. That's a big, I would assume they're going to put it on ESPN. I would assume that's where I would hope they would put it. Now the eight o'clock game on ABC is also currently open. Uh, normally they save that for the ACC. Well, see, but that's on ABC for four o'clock. At three thirty, yeah, that's a four o'clock game. Um, I'm a little bit surprised what? that's almost not on. I'm looking on ESPN right now. Well, wh- and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that's almost not on NBC because it's Notre Dame. While Notre Dame only gets home games broadcast on NBC, uh, and they're and they're at uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Um, yeah, so that's just interesting. Uh, we'll we'll preview that next week, but I thought you'd be interested in that. Along with uh, the eight eight p.m. game is the uh, is on CBS. Um, what do you think? I have a question for this for games this week. Um, for you, just one. It's it's sure. It's a classic game, which is why I have to ask it. Uh, it's the Army Navy game this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Army had the spread is is uh, plus seven in favor of uh, in favor in, in favor of Army. Um, the money line is uh, two plus two thirty five for Navy. Nine is two ninety for um, Army. The Navy beat Army. Over under is thirty eight. Army has two losses this year. One to Tulane. The other two. So what's your question here? Cincinnati. You're giving me all these facts. What's your I'm question? just wondering who you're picking. I'm giving you all this information so I can. What what what's Navy's record? Uh, they are three and six this year. Uh, I'm, I'll take Army then. Yeah, great, uh, wonderful. There's just an interesting thing. Anything else that you wanted to preview? I'm sorry, I don't have the. I was no, no, the I, no. I don't think so. I think we can um, for week 15. Move my on. friend just texted me. He he's always behind. He's an Ohio State fan, and he texted me. He goes, "Suck it that they're that they'll be able to play in the that Ohio State will be able to play in the championship game," and I said, "Probably still." Or I said probably shouldn't make the playoffs. Still, you're only gonna play six games. Like, come on. But anyway, um, how long we've we been doing this, by the way? Uh, we are at uh, almost fifty minutes. Fifty. Yeah. Oh wow, we hit that hard. We, well, we hit it hard. Uh, just quick wrap ups before we move to the NFL for you. Um, real quick. Uh, Jamie Chadwell is the head coach of Coastal Carolina. That's what Makai was bringing up. He does have some NCAA violations when he was the coach at uh, Charleston Southern, um, as does his the Crosstown rivalry in the Citadel. 
Um, just thought I would give you that information. He was at Charleston Southern before Coastal Carolina. He turned it around um, in three years there. Uh, Billy Napier is the coach of uh, University of Louisiana. Um, he turned it around as well. He was at Alabama for three years as the wide receiver coach, 2013 to 2016. Then he was at Arizona State as the offense coordinator quarterback coach before coming to University of Louisiana. He was also at Clemson before um, What's-His-Face took over as well. Um, so, yeah, just that would be my pick if I was picking as well. And the last thing before we move to the NFL is go ahead, and if you're a soccer fan, uh, it's almost the end of group stages, so we're almost in the tournament for the Championship League. So just a heads up, uh, Liverpool is currently losing? Okay, no one cares. They're tied. They fi- they finished. They tied 1-1. So Great. I, Wonderful. I always throw in some soccer. I know Wonderful. you hate it, but I also so throw in some soccer. So no one cares about that, so wow. here we hurtful. go. Hurtful, 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 hurtful. So the Jets found a new way to lose. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Like, it was such a horrible way of losing. So, the Jets are down or up four to the Raiders at home. They are, the Raiders have the ball at the 50-yard line or whatever. They are about to win their first game of the season. And there's four seconds left. One more play, basically a big throw. The Jets, instead of playing a prevent defense which a prevent defense is you basically only rush three people and then you have eight other players basically standing in the end zone ready for the Hail Mary. Hang on. Sorry, he was licking his spot on his leg. My dog chews his leg open, and so that's no fun. So if anyone has any suggestions to that, so I have to just make sure that he doesn't chew that open. So anyway... They, the Jets, instead of playing prevent defense, decided to blitz six guys, which left Henry Ruggs, the fastest guy on the field, in one-on-one coverage, which was blown. One-on-one coverage, well, it was a good route. It was a stop and go. Uh, Left him in one-on-one coverage with the corner who got cooked by the fastest guy on the field. Gordon Ramsay would be proud. And... Dropped a dime. And Derek Carr stepped up, dropped a dime, and the Jets lost on the final play of the game. So, yay, Jets. So, the Jets sucked. Then They then fired their defensive coordinator, which I'm not still sure because of that, which, that's fine. Why didn't you fire Adam Gates? That, just fire the whole coaching staff. Why? Like, just, just fire Let the, the players play? Yeah, Let them play yeah. play pickup for two weeks? Yeah, yeah, just whatever. Uh, sorry, four weeks. So that happened. The Raiders are in playoff contention because of that still. Meanwhile, the Eagles, who I mentioned a couple weeks ago, have almost a worse outlook than the Jets at this point, which is hard to believe, finally benched Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was benched in the second half against the Packers, and he then is benched for this week for Jalen Hurts. My only problem with that is, so quarterbacks... Real quick, quarterbacks just don't all of a sudden just start sucking. Start sucking. Like, that's not a thing. Like, it might be a thing with some quarterbacks. Like, they get the yips all of a sudden. But 99.8% of quarterbacks don't just all of a sudden start sucking like Carson Wentz has this year. The reason why Howie Roseman, the Eagles 
general manager, drafted Jalen Hurts was he said that they valued the quarterback position and basically he said that Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, which I have ranted on in previous podcasts that Carson Wentz really has only ever missed eight games of his entire career because of an ACL and a broken back. And then he was knocked out of a playoff game because of a dirty hit from JV, Jadavion Clowney. He willed his team into the playoffs last year with lawn chairs and deck furniture at wide receiver. And then this year, yes, let's blame him for all his turnovers. Yes, some of his interceptions are his fault. Yes, he has been inaccurate. But what I will say to all of those people are he is the most hit and sacked quarterback. He was going to set an NFL record on number of times he was sacked and number of times he was hit in a single season. He was sacked four more times in the first half on Sunday. His offensive line is complete garbage. They don't seem to have any depth at that position. Howie Roseman can't draft a wide receiver to save his life. And just to prove that point, he took Jalen Rager one pick of head of Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, this past week, is a rookie wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Is the fifth rookie ever to have a 1,000 yards receiving in 12 games. The fifth rookie ever to do that. He's currently ranked fourth. They wouldn't wouldn't have had to trade up to get Justin Jefferson. They wouldn't have had to do anything. All they would have had to do is pick Justin Jefferson. Oh, and by the way, you're taking it out of a class. LSU is is a wide receiver factory. So 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 LSU, the year before, a whole bunch of wide receivers came out. Well, so they, they were young, but they're talented, and Justin Jefferson was the senior that was the slot guy well the analysts are like well in Peterson's offense the slot is really maintained by the tight ends okay well that's nice well Justin Jefferson's lining up on the outside for Minnesota and he seems to be catching touchdowns he uh is tied for 12th uh at the spot with seven TDs on the season he averages 17 yards a catch um, which is fourth in the NFL, um, and he is 21st in the NFL with 61 records. So he's doing a lot yeah, with it, a little. It, it, a it, lot with a little. It's 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 ridiculous. Howie Roseman, he, he drafted a offensive lineman to replace the Hall of Famer Jason Peters. That makes sense. At, at left tackle. Yeah, so he, uh, yeah, he sucks and hasn't seen the field in two years mm-hmm. either. So Howie Roseman... In his last two drafts, his best draft pick is Miles Sanders. That's it. Yeah. So it's not looking good, Eagles fans. So the problem is, my problem, it's not Carson Wentz. It's coaching, play calling, number one, offensive line coaching as well, and the GM. GM, at very least, has to go. And I'm not sure that when you get benched as a quarterback, do you trust the head coach then when things are not going well and you turn the, and you have a two interception game not to pull you, especially for a guy like Jalen Hurts? Listen, if Jalen Hurts goes out and lights up the world, great, so be it. 
I'm not seeing it against the Saints' defense and how putrid that O-line is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the Eagles are really young. Uh, I don't think they're the youngest team in the NFL, but they're really young. Um, and I think if you just kind of want to say that, like, Micaiah's point, I'm just backing him up on that, um, is you're putting a bunch of young guys out there who don't necessarily know what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and uh, Justin Jefferson has over 1,000 yards, and that's fourth in the NFL. And the only other five are, like, OBJ, Randy Moss... I don't know, Jerry Rice and these are, these are to his point. Sorry, yeah. The, this like, is to your point to the pe- the youngest people who yeah, have gotten to yeah it. the five rookies that have ever done it yeah. yeah. And you have to remember is LSU Jarvis Landry, um right. OBJ. Uh, I can't. There's an there's like yeah, a it, list of other. There's yeah, a list a, of names. A, LSU recurrent. has always produced great receivers, and for whatever reason, Howie Roseman went with a guy who could return punts as well. That's or, helpful. Like, yeah. That's so helpful. It it was so helpful that even when he returned a punt for a touchdown on Sunday, Jalen Rager yeah. finally did something. They still ended up losing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Jeez. Uh, speaking of Jarvis Landry, so the Browns are good. Is Baker good? He looked good on Sunday. He did, didn't he? He looked the best he's ever looked on Sunday That's what, what I've That's seen what him. everyone's saying. So... His coach said in the previous three games they, that they played at home, they didn't score a lot of points. Baker didn't throw touchdowns. But his coach said, Baker's playing really well and really efficient. The weather, because they were having these 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts, aren't letting us throw the ball. We're, gonna, we're being a ground and pound, and Baker's basically just going to have to manage, manage things. And then they got in good weather finally. Yeah. And he lit it up. Yeah, Nick Chubb, 80 yards, one touchdown. That's the Browns running back. Uh, Baker, 25 for 33, 434 yards, four touchdowns. Yep. So, I told you a couple weeks ago, well, a couple months ago at this point, that Baker was the problem in Cleveland. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Is he a guy that you can play that I would pay top? dollar to top quarterback money to no I don't think he's proven that yet but Baker definitely is he's definitely steering the ship he's guiding the ship now when you're guide the ship that is as talented and is a a run-oriented defensive team like the Browns you can win a playoff game that year heck Ryan Tannehill's doing it down in Tennessee the team that they just annihilated but so they just had a, probably their biggest win this season. They're 9-3. and three. They clinched a playoff berth. They're going to playoffs. Whatever. Great. Baker's best game. How do they look the next couple weeks when they play the Bills, the Steelers, and the Ravens? They technically haven't clinched a playoff berth. Uh, well, okay, but it's coming. Uh, with Tennessee losing and uh, Las Vegas losing, yeah, they've basically clinched a playoff right. berth. So, the Indianapolis Colts so can win a game. So, so I want to see how he is against the better NFL defense. The Titans have a good defense, but the Steelers, best defense. Ravens have a great defense. They're playing another team that's in there that has a really good defense. They play the Ravens, the Giants, the, the Jets, Giants. and the Steelers. So the Giants, speaking of. You're welcome. Are they any good? I don't are know. Are they good? Are they bad but good? What I do know They've about They've turned the, it around in the second half of the season. 100%. They're a playoff team, I believe. Well, yeah, that's usually how that works. Right. Right. They're, the problem I have with the Giants is, 
You make the playoffs great. Saquon Barkley comes back. You draft a receiver, maybe. Or you get a receiver. You know, you sure up the wide receiver because right now they're lacking running back and they're, la- and they're lacking skill position on the outside. Their defense, top-notch, special teams, great. The problem I'm having is right now, and the Giants fans I don't believe are looking, I'm not quite sure that Daniel Jones is the guy long-term. I'd, I didn't think he was the guy long-term out of college. The problem I have with Daniel jo- Daniel Jones, I still feel like he's not a polished passer, and he doesn't have to be at this point in his career, and that's fine. But I've seen no growth with him passing the football. Growth running the football, yes, he's a very skilled runner and a very underrated runner. I think a lot of people did not realize how athletic he was coming out of college. If I'm a Giants fan, and I'm going to warn you, Giants, do not get caught up on making the playoffs this year and maybe even winning a playoff game because you, you get to host one in cold New York. Don't get caught up from the fact that Daniel that you're still that before the season, midway through the season, you were still unsure about Daniel Jones. Just because you're a playoff team does not mean you're sure about Daniel Daniel Jones. It means that Daniel Jones can get you to the playoffs. It doesn't mean Daniel Jones can get you to a Super Bowl. You know what I forgot? Sorry. What's I have that? to say this real quick. Do you know who their offensive coordinator is? Uh yeah, it's um Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, yep. So he's he has a good track. Jason Garrett has a good track record with quarterbacks. Their quarterback coach is, I don't even want to try to pronounce it. Um, he was an assistant quarterback coach in Miami last year, and he was an assistant quarterback coach for four years um, in uh, New England. Um, right. So, yeah, whatever that whatever that's for. So I'm not sure that Daniel Jones is the answer. I'm sure I'm not sure he isn't the answer, but I I think that Giants fans don't get overhyped just because you might make the playoffs that because you weren't sure with him for about him a month, two months ago, and I'm not sure that just because you're winning now and he's playing a little better, he's the answer <laughs> long term. I didn't know that. First of all, their uh their coach, New York Giants. Before you move on to your next point, uh Joe Judge. Yeah. He's a he's a Philadelphia guy. Yeah, he was with the Patriots. Yep. Yeah, he's a special uh, teams coordinator. He was the special teams and wide receivers coach. Yes. So, cool. Anyway, continue on. Um So the Giants beat Seattle on Sunday. Meanwhile, Seattle, what are you doing? Like, come on. Fix this. Your clock is ticking. I commented on this tick tick tick. It's ticking even louder. Do not waste prime Russell Wilson. Do not waste prime Russell Wilson, please. You're beating bad teams, and now you're losing. You were, you were only beating bad teams, and now you're losing to bad teams. What? Seattle, please figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Who did they lose to again? The, the Giants. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, Steelers finally lost. So the 1972 <sighs> Dolphins, the only unbeaten team to the only on un- the team to go undefeated and win a Super Bowl uh, are safe again. 
They lost to Washington. Washington's playing. Washington's a lot like the Giants. They've They're been playing, playing better, better ever since Alex Al- Smith. Alex Smith, and again, Ron Rivera. Oh, I just, I, I just, I had a gut feeling to go. Like, come on, like Dwayne Haskins. Like everyone knew Dwayne Haskins wasn't the answer, but whatever. Washington though is in a more rough place, I think. Go- Future wise, because yeah. of their quarterback situation, they they have to understand Daniel, it's four years, right? Daniel Jones, at least you have a few more years with Daniel Jones, yeah. right? So you can kind of take next year to figure. Really, once if you put skill, get Saquon Barkley back and get a legitimate yeah. receiver, and then see what Daniel Jones. Don't be is. surprised if 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 either the Giants or the or the um Washington sells their soul, trades up, right. and sells no. their future for Trevor Lawrence or Justin, Her- but, uh, Justin uh, Herbert. That's not it. Justin Sorry. Fields. Justin Fields. The problem I'm having with Washington is Washington has good receivers, Terry McLaurin. They have good running backs. Antonio Gibson, uh, McKissick, great, great defensive line. Your quarterback, though, Alex Smith, he can hold it down for – Two more years, maybe, but you got to draft someone. You got to get someone in there for to, sure. To yeah. to so I um, uh, so good for Washington Steelers. You were begging to be beaten. All the other you played games, down to your opponent. You always play down to your opponent. That's why I had Kansas City Shout out constantly to ranked ahead of you. Yeah. So and because you lost Kansas City, basically clinched the playoff division, the play, playoff berth. Uh, real quick, just over Washington. Shout out to Alex Smith being a boss he uh helped them he helped them win the game by taking the football off the field i don't know if you saw that i i did see that at the end of the first half yeah shout out to highlight haven for great uh so i want to wrap up here uh just with two things first of all floyd mayweather is an undefeated (laughs) boxer he is a i don't know what he weighs out but he's He's one of the best boxers of all times, depending on who you ask. Probably is one of he the best He loves his money. Loves it. 100%. Big fan of it. Big fan of his money. He is going to fight a YouTube star. Uh, Logan Paul? Jake Paul? Logan Paul. I have no idea. It's Logan, I think. He's going to fight a YouTube star for money. Again, a in YouTube star in an exhibition. A YouTube star knocked out an ex-NBA star. Nate yeah, Logan Paul. Logan Paul knocked out Nate Robinson, and now all of a sudden, because it got a lot of views and money, and that's views. They both made $600,000 off of that fight. Right, so off of that fight. So you put Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul. It's not going to go well for Logan Paul. It's going to make him a bunch of money. It's going to make Floyd Mayweather a bunch of money, which he loves. So good on there, but I... Like, why would anyone watch? Like, no real boxing fan's going to watch this. Meanwhile, my dog is going that's crazy. Not true. Real boxing fans will watch this because they watched the last one. I don't think that's true. Yeah. The, listen, I'm sorry. I know it's ESPN, but when Stephen A. and Max Killerton or whatever that white guy's, na- white guy's name is um, have a whole segment on this, boxing fans are going to watch this. I. Okay. Boxing fans aren't gonna like it, <laughs> but they're gonna watch it. It's gonna be an. A- they watch the, the only they watch the Mayweather the, McGregor fight. So so well. Okay, that had more intrigue to it. My problem with Mayweather has always been he's a defensive boxer, so he'll just out technique you, and he won't really knock you out. If he knocks out Logan Paul, then yeah. But like, come on. Uh, so we gotta wrap up because my dog is going crazy. He wants water. He's being a child. Sorry. Um. Last thing, real quick. The NBA issued a. 
new thing going forward that NBA coaches no longer have to wear suit, a dress shirt, tie, and jacket on the sideline. Why was that still a thing? <laughs> well, it's it's the only it's really the only sport that still required that. Uh, the NFL hasn't required that since like the '60s or the '70s. Well, I, you're right. Like, why was that a thing? Like the NBA, it's it's never been the NBA coaches. It's never been. So I guess people argument, oh yeah, there are, you want a good impression for the head of your organization. The head of your organization is not the coach; it's your star player, whoever that be is. It's a LeBron James, it's still Kawhi Leonard. No one cares who the coach is. No. If I ask a casual basketball fan who was the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers last season, what do you think they would tell me? Tavron Lou. Do you know the answer? I don't actually. I no. know it's not to run loose. So even even the guy, the more basketball savvy guy out of the two of us, doesn't even know the answer. You know the answer? It's Steve something, isn't nope, it? No, it's Frank Vogel. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I thought he was the GM. So more to my point. Great. My producer Simeon uh, just proved my point that why was that still a thing? NBA coaches wear whatever you want because it's not about you. Well, it's they it's, can literally the players can literally win games I'm, without you. You're you're not wrong. Um. Just want to. I know we want to wrap up here. I just want to history. So, uh, MLB they wear a uniform. Yep. Um, they used to wear suits. They can wear whatever they want, but they wear a uniform. Yep. NFL can wear whatever they want. Yep. You'll see a mix in soccer. Sorry to bring it up. Yeah. Of suits and like athletic wear. Yep. So yeah, I don't know why the NBA was stuck in the 1950s. I I don't know either. So on that note. This has been 4th and 1. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. We will uh, see you next week when we preview the conference championship, uh, more conference championship games. Again, hit us up. I am at ICU Wolverine. He is at SS underscore Menno. Hit us up for um, whether or not you would like to us have a, do a live stream or if you would like to do that live to tape sort of analysis of call in of the, the championship game yeah uh, what you want to hear from us uh, or if you don't want to hear anything from us you know tell us to shut up just let us know you're out there but thank you so much for everyone <laughs> listening in um it's getting cold out there everyone so uh bundle up uh, nicely remember to wash your hands if you're feeling sick stay home if you're not feeling sick and you don't want to be around anyone stay home you know stay staying home is always a good option but anyway everyone i hope you have a wonderful week i'm micaiah that is simeon uh take care god bless peace